Joining us this morning, Professor Anton Harbour, Caxton Professor of Journalism at Wits University. As a former uh, journalism student, I don't know if I should bow or say <laughs> all hail Professor Anton Harbour. We should just say good morning. Good morning, Prof. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, and I hope you are too. Before we get into the meat of what's going on, what on earth is happening at the Sunday Times? Well, the, 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 you have to feel some sympathy for the current editor. He's very well respected, uh, Bongani Sikoko, who is trying to deal with issues that occurred in the paper well before he ever worked for it. Yes. Uh, and in this case, it's a series of stories um, which are, have been accused for some time of feeding state capture of falling for narratives that were there to attack good people, drive them out of state institutions so they could be replaced by less honest and more corrupt people, mm. and that they fell into this trap for, for, for various reasons. Okay, so how does it happen? So, like, Somizi would go to the paper and say, here's a lead, here's a story, and they just, what, fell for it? How does it work? Because surely that checks and balances mm, mm. Uh, within the trade uh, to make sure that what you're printing, you know, is credible. Well, um, it, it's not that simple that somebody just sold them a line because um, in most of these stories, there, there, there was at least some story at the basis of the story. Okay. But the approach given to it, the angle given to it, where fingers were pointed... Um, was steered, it seems, by those with political agendas um, looking to ask good people from these state institutions as part of the state capture operation. Mm. So it wasn't as simple as somebody just, just selling them a line. Um, it is more sophisticated uh, than that. Um, the Sunday Times uh, does have checks and balances, but clearly they failed um, in these instances. Um, and that's the cause for the series of apologies the Sunday Times has had to make now, years later, to try and climb down and regain the trust of its readers. Mm. But, but can I hastily say yes. um, that we're focusing on the Sunday Times and nothing wrong with that because they're in the news because they've retracted now two major stories mm. and, and said they will return prizes they won for these stories. But state capture affected a number of media institutions, mm. and one must keep that in mind. Um, uh, it clearly affected SABC, um, and that you know the, there's questions to be asked about how we prevent that happening again. Um, it's uh, taken; it, it's had a major effect on independent newspapers um, and its coverage of certain issues and its corporate behaviour. Questions have been raised around multi-choice and its agreement with SABC and ANN7 mm. and, uh, and, and, and the Gupta media. And, of course, the Gupta media, ANN7 and New Age, were the greatest culprits of all because they were set up deliberately as part of the state capture project. Now, is an apology and returning awards and monies enough? Mm. Uh, isn't full disclosure uh, part of getting forgiveness? for instance, isn't saying, uh, you know, we chased a rainbow looking for a pot, but this is the person that said, there's a rainbow, chase that rainbow. Is it enough to just say, we're sorry, forgive us, we've, 
you know, gotten rid of these journalists or they've walked. Mm. Surely that's not enough. Lives have been affected. Mm. People have lost jobs. People mm. have lost possibly even family members. People are still in legal debt. Um, you, you're quite right. And I think we've learned in this country um, from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, for example, that saying sorry is not enough, um, that you need full disclosure, that you need um, institutions and individuals to face full accountability. Yes. Um, and you need to be clear about what you're doing to make sure it never happens again. Uh, Professor, for a Somizi who's really not much uh, invested or interested that much in, in, in politics and, and conspiracies and stuff like that, but who looked at Sunday Times and believed that everything on Sunday Times is Bible or everything on the, the credibility mm. um, versus how I feel about any other tabloids. I'm like, ah, anything that comes from this and that, I'm not going to take it serious. But Sunday Times, for me, if it's on Sunday Times and it's, it's good, it's very good. It's if it's on Sunday Times mm. and it's bad, I don't want to, be, to, to, be, to, to have a story of myself on Sunday Times and it's bad because it's fact, mm. in my view. Mm. Now, what does it mean to... For Sunday Times, to a person like myself, what what what, what happens? How do you convince me well, that now I should you, have faith? You 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 point really to the nub of the problem there because Sunday Times is the country's biggest newspaper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want my frank view, it's that what happened over time was that it was so big and so strong and so successful that they got arrogant. They got very arrogant, and um, errors and mistakes and misdirections and missteps uh, came into play. Uh, because of their arrogance. But, you know, um, as journalists we and, and, and as news media people, we have to really worry about credibility. Mm. And I think, uh, you know, I have argued in what I've written that we really need to set out as an industry to look to what needs to be done to rebuild credibility. Um, look, you've got to remember that it, it was also a, a small group of investigative journalists Mm. including some at the Sunday Times, that were absolutely critical in busting open state capture and yeah. exposing what happened there and bringing it to an end. Mm. Um, so we have heroes here as well as villains. Mm. Um, and real heroes who bravely and meticulously, with incredible um, skill and courage, um, broke open state capture. So, so those, those, you know, they, those people proved that we could trust them. Um, and we do. Um, so, for example, Jacques Poe's book had enormous impact and was a national bestseller because mm. there's trust mm. in the work he does. Um, so the fact of the matter is that we have to be very careful and choose who we trust, why we trust, who we know. You can't just believe things any longer because they're in the media. It's true. It's very sad. Mm. And the media has to work very hard to rebuild trust in what it does. In fact, surely it's because we all trust the Sunday Times that that story was planted in the Sunday yeah, Times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I suspect so. If you wanted to plant a story and uh, get rid of certain people, that's the place you would plant it. But you would think also the Sunday Times would have the best verification and yes. checking and double-checking mm. editorial process. The way forward, how would you advise the Sunday Times going forward? Now, I believe it's an industry problem. Mm. I believe that the the news media industry needs to get together, call its own inquiry to say what happened, 
Um, how do we prevent it happening again? And how do we rebuild trust? And how do we make it clear to the public who they can and should trust mm. and who they can't? Because in the days, in, in, in these years of social media, there, there's a great deal of stuff going around there that we, we can't control, that mm. is untrustworthy. Mm. But the, 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 the main media outlets need to make absolutely sure that they win and hold and deserve the trust of the public. And yes, we want to be the first to a story. We want to beat everyone to the punch. But let's not sacrifice facts in the name of let's be the first to break the story. You're quite right. Let's slow down, take a deep breath, and not rush into publication until we are sure that the story is complete and verified and, uh, and, 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 and properly treated. Thanks you for your time. Thanks for your wisdom. Professor Anton Harbour, Caxton Professor of Journalism at Wits University. C- can I tell you how easy it is to plant a story? Mm-hmm. We, we, we had a big debate and argument with a friend of mine, I think it was 2000, 2001. Yeah. And, I, I, and because there's a story that read and they figured it must be fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said to them, it's not always fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I created a fake email address mm. and I sent one of the Sunday papers a story about myself. Mm. It appeared two Sundays later mm. as fact with two or three sources. Mm. I was the only source mm. and it was anonymous. Mm. But I was never called to verify the facts in the story. Wow. Mm. And I planted the story myself just to prove to a friend of mine mm. that, that you can. it's that easy. It's doable. That people are not always keen because the truth doesn't necessarily make a story sexy. But don't they always say, never let facts get in the way of a good story? That's Mm. my point. Mm. That it stops being sexy if I ask so easy. But is it true Mm. that you were with five guys on a a motorbike? And it's extremely sad, though. Mm. Extremely sad. Because it's people's lives Mm. also.